the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to St. Louis, Missouri. I don't know, is it, is it Missouri or Missouri? That's, that's the great... Uh, what did you say? What did you say there, Sean? Missouri? Missouri. Wow. Hmm. 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 three Israelis murdered in Jerusalem. I was thinking, of course, I think about this constantly, and many of you do as well. If you wondered about the moral decline in the West, and especially, not especially, but specifically in the United States, not especially, it's pretty, pretty widespread, this issue, the Gaza versus, or Gazans or Palestinians or Hamas, and they're pretty much interchangeable, despite what people say, oh, they're just, you know, a minority of, of Palestinians or a small minority. It's not true. Every poll, including Arab polls, is overwhelming majority of Palestinians love, love Hamas. This issue is about as clear an indication, as good an example as exists, of the moral decline uh, in America, that there are so many people who are either neutral or pro-Hamas or pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel. Has there ever been a case where the police state was rooted for and the, and the free country was, uh, was rooted against? Is there an example where there... Yeah, well, there was an example. You know, I'm, I'm thinking really in real time here. There was an example... When my generation marched and those who chanted Ho, Ho, Ho Chi Minh, or Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda rooted for the police state. It's one thing to have said, I don't think America should be in Vietnam, okay? That, that's not rooting, well, it, it, in effect, of course, it was rooting. The effect was to be rooting for Ho Chi Minh and the uh, mass killing enslaving communists. But there were people who were enchanted with the communists then. This is a really important point because it gives you an idea of how deep the moral rot has been. If you can't tell the difference, if you couldn't tell the difference between communist North Vietnam 
an anti-communist South Vietnam, which was absolutely not a, a free country, but it was incomparably better than the communist North, we had, in 1953, in the year surrounding 53, we lost 37,000 men in Korea fighting communism there in exactly the same circumstance where you just had the North communist and the South anti-communist. The South was not democratic at the time. That's correct. It is now. It is one of the freest and one of the uh, wealthiest countries in the world. You're probably using a South Korean phone or driving a South Korean car or using any of the appliances that they make. But there were no demonstrations on behalf of the communists, of uh, Kim Il-sung or Mao in 1953. So you can really, you can date the manifestations of the moral decline in the United States to the years between 1953 and about 1968. In that 15-year period, a generation degenerated. That's that's and now you see the now you see the ultimate consequences. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Not not just Middle Eastern immigrants and their children chanting that, but Native Americans, and I don't mean indigenous Americans, but people born and raised in the United States of America who are not of Middle Eastern stock, as it were. Whenever people raise the question with me, and it's raised all the time, well, when did this start? I think, no, I think it started actually in the early 20th century, but the, you can date it to between the Korean War and the Vietnam War. That 15-year period, give or take a couple of years, that 15-year period is when the decline began domestically as well, where the idea that the ideal situation for most, for the vast majority of people is to make the nuclear family a married mother and father and children. That that became, if you say that, you are now called a bigot at best and a hater at worst. We entered the don't make any judgments except left-wing judgments. When I was at undergraduate and graduate school, I remember so vividly the teachers saying, morality is a matter of personal opinion. Morality is relative. And then, 20 minutes later, would say the war in Vietnam is immoral. (laughs) I thought, wait a minute, didn't you just say morality is relative? So why don't you just say, in my relative opinion, 
the uh, the war in Vietnam is immoral, but it's clearly not immoral because there's no such thing as objective morality. So what they did was they they crushed the left, crushed the progressives, crushed normal moral norms to be redundant, and substituted leftist norms. It's not like they don't impose moral categories. Of course they do. If you if you think that men who say they're women cannot compete against women in women's sports, you're wrong. You're a hater. You're a transphobe. You're a bigot. Again, those kids in this in this high school, where where was this high school? Was it New Jersey? Monarch High School. I don't remember where it was. Review a lot of items on the show. Anyway, they 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 left class a second day. To protesters in Florida, of course, it has to be in Florida. That's right, because there, a uh, a male is not allowed to compete against females, and that's called a bigoted state, because Ron DeSantis and the Republicans passed that law. Not a pro-woman state. No, 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 no. Bigoted state. Bigoted against men who say they're women and compete in women's sports. Is that is that bigotry? It's an interesting question. Is that bigotry? to look up the word bigotry it certainly is hostility yes i'm hostile to such narcissism to people who deliberately wish to undo women's sports that is correct i have hostility but i don't know if the word bigotry would be appropriate there the moral categories of the pro hamas crowd of even the pro-Palestinian crowd, which is indistinguishable at this time. Pro-Palestinian protesters, one carrying swastika, swarm midtown and bid to derail Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting. The chutzpah of these people is, is unbounded. Our cause is more important than anything you do in America. Anything. We We will raise the Palestinian flag all over the Christmas lighting ceremony. There is no arena of life that you are allowed to celebrate or enjoy, Americans, that we won't screw up, that we won't disrupt. We are the center of the world. We are the only cause that matters. We are allowed to murder as much as we want, so long as the person we murder is a Jew. They've already murdered mass numbers of Christians. As I have announced all of these years, the world didn't give a damn, truly didn't give a damn. I'm not even sure that much of uh, organized Christianity gave, gave a damn. The number of Christians killed by Muslims in, uh, in West Africa, I'd love to see the number. What a world, what a world. Moral clarity is deficient. My friends, I'm asking you to go online to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree Christmas banner to help make Christmas a reality for children with a mother or father in prison this holiday season. When you give today, your tax-deductible donation will combine 
with that of my other listeners to give 17,000 children of prisoners the joy of an angel tree Christmas, a special Christmas gift, plus the Bible and a personalized note from their incarcerated parent. It's a very beautiful thing this Christian organization is doing. You don't have to be a Christian to believe it's beautiful. So please call 888-206-2801. 888-206-2801, or go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner to bless a child this Christmas. Thank you. And I'm thinking, are you aware, I mean, people, are people aware of the disruption of the Christmas tree lighting at Rockefeller Center? The screaming and the chanting and the gigantic Palestinian flags and getting up on, on banners and or getting up on pillars in, in the middle of a Rockefeller Center. I wonder if any were arrested. See, that too, that's the part of the breakdown that I've been describing. You need fear of police in a society. You need... If you don't fear the police, you'll end up fearing the mob. That's the way life works. The police are there to stop you from doing harm. That's their sole purpose. And when you look at them and you think, I can do whatever I want and they they won't stop me, then you have the situation that you are in now in the United States where mobs attack stores. In stores in Manhattan, they don't even have goods out. They have descriptions with with bare shelves. Do do people not have a, a notion of quality of life? That is so degrading to a society that goods cannot be shown. Has there been a time in American history that goods were not shown in stores in a major American city? Has this ever happened? You're not supposed to make peace with these new norms of moral chaos. And yet, you know, people... People, ah, it's an annoyance. People know it's an annoyance, but it's not an annoyance. It's a symbol of a degraded society. Bare shelves. Because anything put out will be stolen, either by a mob or by an individual. Because the mob and the individual know nothing will happen. That, in fact, if an employee of the store tries to stop you, the employee will probably be fired. Because it is now the rule um, among retailers that stopping crime is a crime. That's it. Then you wonder where the moral backbone has gone. Stopping crime is now a crime. The mayor of Chicago, a piece of work, Makes Lori Lightfoot look bright and deep. This new uh, this new mayor has blamed right wing extremists for all the crime 
in Chicago. So you might say, what? And you should say, what? Has the left ever blamed any of their policies for the degradation of our society? Has one leftist ever said, you know, we caused it. We're the morons who said defund the police. We're the morons who said that this is really uh, a a way of expressing anti-racist thinking. This is the work of the disenfranchised and the, what is their favorite word? Oh, they got a favorite word. Uh, One minute. Disenfranchised is one. Something minority. They have a... Marginalized. Yes, yes. You you can now screw up. Uh, you have a free screw-up pass for uh, some time in the show. <laughs> marginalized. What constitutes marginalized? The only group in America that should be marginalized is the left. Not liberals. They all they do is vote for the left. The liberal, as I tell you all the time, is the problem because leftists vote their values, conservatives vote their values, and liberals do not do not vote their values. Marginalized. That's right. This is just like the Gaza rapes and tortures and burnings. And taking babies as hostages. They're still a baby hostage, by the way. Still a baby under one year year of age. When have you seen that? This is all the expression of the downtrodden, of the colonialized. That's what it is. It's not wrong. It's right. We have a civil war in this country, as I've been saying for decades. This is, it's a moral civil war, and it is uh, unbridgeable. The left-right gap is unbridgeable. What did you say there, Sean? It is, it, tell me an issue in which you can somehow unite. Oh, it's okay for men who say they're women to swim, to swim in women's competitions, or my favorite, lift weights. In Canada, they allow that. So some guy who said he was a girl lifted 250 pounds more than the first-place woman. But he was, he, he was in first place. And you better say it's she. Or in Canada, you I think you can be, in fact, Find or perhaps even arrested, but certainly prosecuted. The world in 2023 on the Dennis Prager Show. Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. So what sets these companies apart and who can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion, my choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins claiming they appreciate 
appreciate more than gold and silver? What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed always have my back. He's been in this industry for over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build trusted relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. In Israel right now is Joel Rosenberg, the editor-in-chief of All Israel News, an Internet news service based in Israel. You can go to the website, All Israel, not news. It's named All Israel News, but the website is allisrael.com. He is in Jerusalem right now. By the way, I just read that uh, three Israelis were uh, murdered uh, just yesterday. Is that correct? In Jerusalem? This morning, actually. Uh, this morning here, just as we were starting rush hour traffic on the uh, uh, western side of Jerusalem. And, and what exactly happened? Uh, two terrorists uh, opened fire with an automatic weapon and a, and a handgun at a public bus and a bus stop. Um, killed uh, three people, as you said, uh, wounded at least uh, eight, some uh, some reports at 11. Um, both uh, uh, terrorists were shot down, neutralized uh, at the scene, um, one by, a, um, by a, an armed uh, soldier who was going home for a, a two-day pass from Gaza, um, suddenly found himself in a firefight and uh, was able to take out one and a, and a policeman took out the other. That's, that's the nature of our ceasefire. Where are they getting their weapons? Do we know? We don't know, but there's been a lot of smuggling through the Jordanian border, which Jordan has been pretty good overall, but there had been a real pickup um, in smuggling um, through Jordan, and it's been a real problem. Um, and um, But we're not entirely sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Israel's so- uh, special forces uh, conduct uh, almost nightly raids in uh, what we uh, Jews and Christians call Judea and Samaria, what the world calls the West Bank, uh, at, at, at weapons factories, at uh, munitions factories, and at uh, homes and, and command centers of, of Hamas terrorists. There, are, there is a real Hamas underground in uh, the West Bank, and we are having to work ev- basically every day, every night, to get ahead of it, um, and, uh, but we don't get everything. Well, there's no question, at least in my mind, but I happily have you react pro or con or some modification. October 7th seems to have truly revived the love of terror among Palestinians. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, One of the things we've been reporting at All Israel News is uh, polling done by a Palestinian polling firm showing a huge spike in support for Hamas. It's not the it's not. You know, this is not the Martin Luther King Jr. Um, let's you know nonviolent uh, protest. You, you would think that a massive slaughter of Jews, burning babies alive, shooting mothers in the face in front of their children, and so forth, would create a a, a, a counter reaction as it did in ISIS, uh, when ISIS was slaughtering people in Iraq, even Syria. You started seeing a trend, right, Dennis, where 
Muslims were like, well, if that's what it means to be a radical Muslim, I'm out. Some of them becoming agnostics, atheists, some of them becoming Christians. But we're not seeing that among the pop, uh, Palestinian population, not so far. We're seeing a radicalization instead. You're not allowed to say this, but it doesn't mean anything to me, because when you want to tell the truth, it's a very easy life. I have to say that the record in my lifetime uh, has, uh, the Palestinian record has not been one that any nation should be proud of morally. There have been wonderful individual Palestinians, but there were wonderful individual Germans and so on. And this is just an example of it. You would think, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say if Jews did anything comparable to what Hamas did, Jews from left to right, religious to secular, would, would recoil. It would, it would be a stain, but it's, it's almost like you can't stain the name of the Palestinians. It's unstainable. I'll have you react when we return. Uh, oh, good, we have a minute. So what do you think of that okay. comment? We do have a minute. Well, uh, sadly, I agree. Uh, you and I are talking uh, one day after the November 29th uh, anniversary of uh, 76 years ago, the UN made a partition plan. Okay, Jews, you get this part of the land, and uh, Arabs, you get this other part. Make a two-state solution. The Arabs rejected it then, and they've been rejecting it for 76 years while saying, how come you're not giving us a two-state solution? And constantly resorting to brutal, barbaric violence, and then claiming that Israel is committing war crimes. This is a world, this is the bizarro world, Dennis, where uh, everything is opposite uh, from what it really is. And I would say one last thing. Also, not All right, give, correct, me the one, no, give me the one last thing when we come back. I'm talking to Joel okay. Rosenberg. We'll be back. All Israel News, allisrael.com. Back with Joel Rosenberg in Israel. In Israel. He is the editor-in-chief of All Israel News, which is available at allisrael.com. You don't need the, the word news in the, the title. So I, I said to you, and you had, I hope you remember, the, you said you had a final point on something, but right. I was saying I, the Palestinians have really not presented the, an image of a, a morally serious nation, frankly, uh, throughout their history. I remember when they killed the Jordanian prime minister, Wasfi Tal, at an airport, I believe, and then as his blood drained from his body, they put cups there and then drank it. It was in Time magazine. I saw the picture. And they're the ones who butchered the Israeli Olympic team. People forget all their atrocities because they hate Israel, and so they don't, they don't want to bother with moral norms any longer. So you were saying... Yeah, Dennis, well, look, my wife and I and our sons are uh, dual U.S.-Israeli citizens. We were born and raised in the United States, um, but we became Israeli citizens nine and a half years ago. Uh, two of our four sons have served in the Israeli Defense Forces, uh, one in a special forces unit, um, the other in intelligence. So we're all in. Now, I'm Jewish on my father's side. I'm not Jewish on my mom's side. And we're evangelical uh, Christians. So 
it's an interesting world to be in here. And I live in a world, as do you, I know we come at different theologically, but a world in which people have chucked out the Bible and said that's not relevant. Uh, but whether you believe in gravity or not, gravity still exists and there's, there are consequences to jumping off a 30-story building and saying, I don't believe in gravity. Right? You don't have to believe it, but it's going to kill you anyway. And there, and you don't have a person doesn't have to believe in the Bible, but there are consequences to not. And in this case, what's not politically correct, but it's important to understand is in the twelfth chapter of Genesis, right? We're pretty early in the in the game. There, uh, God does make a promise to Abraham, and he one of the things he says: not only am I going to make a name for you and a great nation for you, and give you a specific land, the land I'm in right now in Jerusalem, but he he makes a key point, and he says, "Those who bless you." Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and your descendants, uh, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, I'm going to bless them. Uh, and those who curse you, I will curse. Now, those that's not the language of the modern world, but there are, but it's still language of God, and it's still true. And I, what's tragic to me is the Palestinians were, you know, forget 76 years ago this week where they were offered a state, said no, and seven Arab nations came to attack Israel uh, as you know, abort us in the in you know in the womb, as it were, as we're being born. But just go to 15 years ago, where Israel pulled out of the Gaza Strip, every civilian, every soldier, every tank, every farm, every grave. 15 years later, the Palestinians could have a Palestinian paradise. They're right on the in Gaza. They're right on the Mediterranean. They have natural gas, massive deposits of it right off the shore. But they chose Hamas to be their leaders. And there are consequences. It doesn't mean we don't feel compassion for the people, but there are consequences. And I wish it wasn't as bad as this. But if you ask a genocidal group to run your lives, don't be surprised when your lives are horrible. And, and this is the tragedy. But Israel, this, these are the cards we've been dealt, let's say. So it doesn't mean Israel's doing everything right. But I think we're doing everything we possibly know how to do to protect civilian lives while defeating this genocidal enemy. So given that you're an evangelical Christian, are you concerned at all about any diminution in support of it for Israel among, uh, among American Christians? Very. Um, it's mostly younger Christians. We're not seeing that uh, trend mostly among um, parents and grandparents, but among their kids and grandkids. Yeah. And uh, all Israel news has been polling on this for a number of years now. And we're seeing that gap grow. And I think the central reason, uh, there's several, but the, but the central reason uh, is that evangelical parents and grandparents who may be going to a really good church that teaches the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and really understands the whole biblical story of God's love and compassion for Israel, uh, even when we make mistakes, which the Bible is filled with, he still loves us and he corrects us and we move on. But even if you're going to a good church where you're hearing that from the pulpit, you are probably sending your kids to a Sunday school or youth group that's not teaching that at all. And I think a lot of people aren't teaching their own kids the Bible and then are shocked that the kids don't know the Bible, don't believe the Bible, or at least all of the Bible. And, and when you are biblically illiterate, I'll, I'll speak from, the, from a Christian perspective, you are more likely to not get God's love and heart for the Jewish people. We, we see this, we've seen this in Roman Catholicism, uh, Greek Orthodoxy, Syrian Orthodoxy, Russian Orthodoxy. 
I'm not going to we're not going to do this on this show, try to parse whether, you know, every person who claims to be a Christian, like I think many of them are true followers of Jesus. But if you haven't, if you don't encourage yourself and others to study the Bible from Genesis forward, you're going to miss these central truths, And you're not going to understand God is not only for the Jews, but he is, he did choose us. He could have chosen the Kurds or the Japanese or the Brazilians, but he didn't. So he's got a plan for us. And if you just, if you just skip that, or don't teach that to your young people, they're not going to believe it. And then there are consequences to not understanding where anti-Semitism comes from and the Christian responsibility to stand with the Jewish people um, against the evil that has been, you know, that will not go away. And I'll just say this one other thing. Many Israelis are asking, where was God on October 7th? That's a hard question when you're going through this grief. But Psalm 23 tells us, David says, Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is there. He's our shepherd. But we as sheep, when we wander away from our shepherd and forget that there are savage wolves trying to devour us, as there have been throughout biblical history, throughout history, we're in danger. Yep. It's not that God has left us. It's that we have left God, and that makes yeah. us vulnerable. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I asked you the question. God bless you for your work there. Again, you can go to allisrael.com. Joel Rosenberg, keep up the good work. Thank you, Dennis. God bless you. It was great to see you again. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream bed sheets. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcasts Square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I actually am not happy to bring you the following report from the Wall Street Journal because I I wrestle with an issue when I speak to you. How much lousy news can I bring to your attention? It is. It's the the one thing I don't wrestle with anything in terms of well is what I am about to say it going to benefit me or uh, just get more anger at me from the left, for example, or on occasion from people on the right. That I don't wrestle with. I I pursue truth to the best of my ability and let the chips fall where they may. But I do wrestle with the question of your getting down. And I have a theory on that that I'd like to say before I read you the story. If you 
if you allow yourself to get depressed because of the, the current situation, then the bad guys win. I am, I am as angered and saddened by so many of the things that are happening as, as anyone is. But I don't allow it to depress me because, among other reasons, A, I owe it to everybody in my life to be a pleasant companion. <laughs> and depressed people are not pleasant companions. Number two, it gives the bad people a victory. If they can depress us, they win. So I'm going to read you this piece, and I ask you to not get depressed. If you get angry, that's good. That's fine. Even better if you figure out a way to fight. So this is a sign of our times that in Evanston, Illinois, among other places, they are now in K-12 through having on occasion, in some schools, separate classes for black students. As I have said for quite some time now, the the only people who are in favor of all black dormitories and all black graduation exercises are the Ku Klux Klan and the left. The only systemic racism in the country comes from the left. But you don't hear that except from people like me. So here is, uh, here is the article in the Wall Street Journal. School leaders in Evanston, Illinois, just north of Chicago, have been battling a sizable academic achievement gap between black, Latino, and white students for decades. So a few years ago, the school district decided to try something new at the high school classrooms voluntarily separated by race. Nearly 200 black and Latino students at Evanston Township High School signed up this year for math classes and a writing seminar intended for students of the same race, taught by a teacher of color. These optional so-called affinity classes, affinity classes, I love that. You're black and I'm black, therefore we have instant affinity. Really? You don't have instant affinity based on values? You have it based on race? Why isn't that the purest form of racism that exists? Why is it not? I'd like somebody to call in and explain why that is not pure racism. Racial affinity. Mm. These optional so-called affinity classes are designed to address the achievement gap by making students feel more comfortable in class, district leaders have said, particularly in advanced placement courses that historically have enrolled few black and Latino students. So let me understand, Latino students. So that means... A student of Mexican heritage, Latino comes from Latin America. So I want to understand something. You're telling me that a student whose parents came from Mexico, Ecuador, Argentina, even Brazil, which is Portuguese-speaking, not Spanish-speaking, 
they have more affinity than the kid whose parents came from one of those countries and a kid whose parents came from Chicago. So that's that's what I'm supposed to believe. But Mexico and Ecuador and Brazil and Argentina don't have that much in common, whereas if you both grew up rooting for the Cubs or White Sox, you, you probably do have more in common. That's particularly, unfortunately, particularly bizarre, unfortunately I say because it is bizarre with regard to blacks, but in the realm of the bizarre it is even more so with regard to Latino students or well, it's not the, this is not the New York Times, so they don't say Latinx. They say Latino. Does the New York Times still say Latinx? Got to look that up. So listen to some of the, uh, some of the educators, not, not a class of people that I have great respect for. Creating classes for students of a single race is a strategy that has been used sparingly in public K-12 education. When it does happen, it is more often in elective classes or after-school programs focused on leadership skills and creating a sense of belonging. So wait a minute. So they even have separate black classes that are not even academics. They are focused on leadership skills and creating a sense of belonging. You know how sick all of this is? You know how twisted this is? This progressive, another progressive sick idea? The whole point of public schools was to create a sense of belonging as an American. That's what your sense of belonging was to be. Not black, not white, not Latino, not Asian, not Pacific Islander, not indigenous, American. That, that was the goal of the public school. The public school is the opposite of what it was founded to be, the opposite. A sense of belonging, wow, create a sense of belonging based on race. That's a scary concept. This is, and this is the Wall Street Journal. It's the news section, not the opinion section. School districts in Minneapolis, Seattle, San Francisco, and Oakland. Ah. All run by progressives. Offer optional race-specific elective courses. Race-specific elective courses. Mm-hmm. RSECs. Federal anti-discrimination laws prevent public schools from mandatorily separating students by race, but education lawyers say optional courses can comply with the law. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, the punchline. A lot of times within our education system, black students are expected to conform to a white standard, said Dina Luna, who leads black student achievement initiatives in Minneapolis public schools. Wow. 
This is exactly what the Ku Klux Klan would say. Calculus has a white standard because whites, they say, are superior. And now we have a black activist, educator, progressive, saying what? Math classes have white standards. I thought the standards had nothing to do, nothing, with race. How is there a white standard in a pre-calculus class? I'm serious. I'd like to know. Well, the Oregon Education Department already announced that the notion that there are objectively accurate answers in math is white supremacist. Yeah? And people will still vote Democrat. We return. I'm reading to you a staggering statement. Staggering statement inside a staggering column. Dina Luna leads a black, this is from the Wall Street Journal, leads a black student achievement initiative or initiatives in Minneapolis public schools. A lot of times within our education system, she says, black students are expected to conform to a white standard. I would give Dina Luna publicly, I don't know what it would take, $500, $1,000, I'm serious, to specify what the white standards are. You can't pay guests to come on a radio show. So I would I would give, I don't know, can I give it to her favorite charity? How to Hurt Blacks, Incorporated? No, not even hurt, demean. I think that's better. White standards. Wow. These were, these are, these are terms that are brand new in America. The district, this is in Minneapolis, offers middle and high school student initiative electives focused on African-American history and social-emotional support taught by teachers of color. Wow. That's going to really help young blacks get ahead in America. African-American history, social-emotional support, and teachers of color. Wow. Curious, do whites care if they have a teacher of color or a teacher who's white? So is it a white standard that it doesn't matter what color your teacher is, but it's a black standard that your teacher should be your color? Why isn't that an insult to blacks? I just, I'm missing something. Created in 2015 for black boys, the format has expanded to black girls and will soon expand to Latino students. That's right, Latino kids, your parents came from a Latin American country, and we're going to help you maintain a separate identity from Americans. Welcome to Evanston, Illinois, and Minneapolis, Minnesota. In our spaces, you don't have to shed one ounce of yourself because everything about our space 
is rooted in blackness, Dina Luna said. Wow. What exactly is blackness? What exactly is white standards? Are there black math standards, Dina Luna? Do you understand how despicable progressives are? Do you understand this? Most people don't because they don't want to confront it. They're despicable. They hurt people. They are ruining the country. Is this not an obvious example? Separate black kids to have an all-blackness experience. And that, I'm supposed to believe, is progressive. And liberals will vote for progressives all the time. The liberal agenda was integration. The progressive agenda is segregation. There's nothing progressives can do, not even support Hamas, that will change the liberal vote. Nothing. Nothing. It's astonishing. Max Eden, an education researcher at the conservative-leaning American Enterprise Institute, said he believes affinity classes undermine the goal of the Civil Rights Act. Mr. Eden, that is what we would call an understatement. Not a criticism. It's an affirmation of what you said, but I needed to note what an understatement it is. Integration is a positive social good, not among progressives and the liberals who vote for them, Agree with you, but vote for them. We want students to be colorblind and to treat each other only on the basis of who they are as human beings. That's correct. That's what we want. Is that That's the white standard, apparently. We don't give a damn about your race. That's conservative. Your race is everything. That's progressive. Get it? I told you. Earlier in the show, as I say every show, the gap between left and right is unbridgeable. We want you to be colorblind. That is correct. That is the liberal value. I have, I have a, uh, an article on the Internet, a column I wrote a couple of years ago. 32 questions you should ask your liberal relative or friend, to find out if they're left or liberal. 32 questions. You should take a look. I don't, I'm going to get you the name. It's not titled 32 questions. It may, may just be questions. Are you, a, the, are you a liberal or a conservative? No, no, excuse me. Are you a liberal or a leftist quiz? Colorblind is liberal. That blackness is astonishing. I mean, the very word. Everything about our space is rooted in blackness. This is a Minneapolis educator. Somebody said our space is rooted in what? Well, she, I guess she believes all the other spaces are rooted in whiteness. Yeah. A squared plus B squared equals C squared is white, baby. It's a white idea. 
weren't the Greeks the first to come up with that? The, isn't it called the Pythagorean the, the, theorem, named after Pythagoras? Are Greeks white? That's a good question. Are Greeks white? <laughs> I saw a picture of Hamas terrorists taking an Israeli on October 7th into captivity. You don't know who the Israeli is or who Hamas is. Racially, they were identical. I'm reading to you something that is so sick and now is normative progressive thought. Black students in in high schools should be separated and celebrate their blackness because there are white standards in the math classes and other classes. If this is not contempt contemptuous of blacks, then my read of the human condition is truly defective. The article is in the, in the Wall Street Journal. We'll put it up at DennisPrager.com. That, uh, that blackness line really uh, is going to resonate with me. Evanston, Illinois, Illinois, is taking the strategy one step further, offering courses for black and Latino students in core math classes, Algebra 2, Pre-Calculus, and AP Calculus, as well as an English seminar. Wouldn't you like to know how their Algebra 2 class differs from a, a regular Algebra 2 class where people of all races attend? Since it's inconceivable to me, even progressives will not change mathematical equations or algebraic equations to be specific. The only difference is the comfort level you will have with all blackness. But then you are, then that is an admission that the entire experiment in multiculturalism has failed. We cannot survive as one nation. We must separate. That's what you're saying. Since there can't be different algebraic equations in Algebra 2 for black and Latino students. Oh, boy. I feel like I represent... This is a student who has taken one of these classes. It's called Axel. A-X-L-E. I want to see what that stands for. I love, I love left-wing acronyms. It's an acronym for Advancing Excellence Lifting Everyone. All right. They did a good one. Advancing Excellence Lifting Everyone. By the way, if they advance excellence, I think that's great. If they lift everyone, I think that's great. Here's a a black student who took an Axel class in 2021. I feel like I represent me and not the whole black race in this AP class, said a student who took an Axel class in 2021. It's a safe space. 
become normative safe space. You should see the movie I made with Adam Carolla, No Safe Spaces. In AP classes that are mostly white, I feel like if I answer wrong, I am representing all black kids. I stay quiet in those classes. Now, that's a very interesting, that is a serious thought. That is not mockable. It is true that in any society, if you are known to be or visibly a member of a different group in some way, you do tend to represent the group. That is true. I was raised with that very, very strongly. Uh, As a Jewish kid in religious schools, I went to Orthodox yeshivas till I was 19 years of age. And we were told regularly, how you behave will reflect on Judaism, on God, and if you're a religious Jew, how you behave reflects on God, not just on the Jews. Every religious person should think that way, by the way. How I behave reflects on God. When I think of the of the priests who abused boys, it was overwhelmingly boys, prepubescent or just at puberty, did they not realize that what they did reflected on God? So there is truth to what this young black kid said. I wish the uh, the marauding gangs who steal in, in in retail operations, which are overwhelmingly black kids, I wish they felt, you know, it's not it's not good for my fellow blacks. What I'm doing is not good. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi there, everybody. One of my favorite people I have on the line, David Horowitz, who's been a prophet in our age. His understanding of the left is unsurpassed, and he has warned about these matters uh, all of his life. He has a new book out, which is Essential Reading, and I have already purchased it, by the way, not only did I get a, a copy, but I, I purchased it myself as well. The Radical Mind, The Destructive Plans of the Woke Left. You should get it just for his dedication to his wife. It's so sweet. 
and I know it's, I know how sincere it is. The crisis facing our nation, he writes in the beginning, is a crisis of faith. Faith in the Constitution that has shaped our destiny. Faith in individual freedom and accountability. Faith in the principle of equality before the law. Yes, well, I would add faith in Judeo-Christian values, and it's not, a, not an argument, it's just I, I fully subscribe to what he said. Well, David Horowitz, how are you? I never ask guests how how they are, but I am asking you. First of all, Dennis, I have to say how much I admire the work that you're doing, especially these young spokesmen that you've developed who are so articulate uh, and winning. It's, you know, one of the few hopes we have of saving this country. We're in a situation where our streets are filled with supporters of Hamas Nazis openly calling for a second Holocaust of the Jews. Virtually unimaginable only a few years ago. Uh, You know, the prime responsibility rests with our corrupt uh, universities and colleges, which is why Prager University is so important. Um, but a heavy burden rests on the evil president of the United States, who's a criminal who hates America uh, and who has betrayed this country over and over again. And his party, the Democrat Party, if you remember, what a Trump's first acts when he became president was to try to to put in place a plan that actually originated with Obama, not to allow immigration from failed states who couldn't fit the people uh, who would be immigrating to our country so we wouldn't know. Since they were terrorist states, we wouldn't know if we were bringing terrorists into our country. Um, They called Trump a racist for what would have... I I don't know if you agree with me, but I I think there's going to be terrible violence and terrible tragedies ahead of us before any of this can be fixed. What will spark that violence? I, I, I don't know if you could be that specific in your in your prognostication, well, you, but I'm asking you. Well, let's see. A drug addict who deed himself on fentanyl uh, ignited a, a movement. I'm speaking, of course, of George Floyd, life, lifelong criminal, uh, inspired a movement that wrecked, set, torched 220 American cities, caused thousands of deaths. And, uh, and, and mainly, of course, black deaths. Uh, and it, all based on a hoax that America is a white supremacist state. Uh, 
I, uh, one of the chapters of my new book, The Radical Mind, is about a war council. It's not my description. It's the description of the people who organized it. The war council in Flint, organized by the leaders of SDS, which was the largest left-wing uh, campus movement at the time, um, calling for a war against white people and debating. And they're the ones who came up with the charge of white supremacy, which is ridiculous about America. Um, but they, they, were, they were actually discussed at the Flint War Council whether to kill white babies. This resonates with October 7th because white people were the problem, uh, which was a Nazi idea in itself to eliminate a race uh, and solve the world's problems that way. And it has an indigenous root. Of course, one of the leaders of the Weather Underground, which held the war council, was Bill Ayers, who was Obama's close political advisor and uh, and probably authored, ghosted his autobiography. These, unfortunately, that this uh, reflects the fact that these are deep, deep-seated roots in our country based in the political left. Uh, I, I, you know, well, let me just say one more, one more thing about this. The, the left, one of the things I try to do in my book is explain to conservatives how the radical mind works, why conservatives who are reasonable people and patriots are always befuddled by when they see what left what leftist causes are and and what leftists say in defense of them. And their reaction is these people are crazy, they're out of touch with reality and so forth, all of which has a truth to it. But the main thing is that they're ideologues. So for example, the other day when Chuck Schumer spoke about it very weakly, in my view, about anti-Semitism, he went over the history of the persecution of the Jews, which is thousands of years, uh, and the Holocaust, uh, and the persecution of Jews, um, as though, and the founding of Israel as though facts could affect these minds. The radical mind is untouched by facts. Uh, A radical looks at what's happening in the Middle East and says Israel is a colonial settler state, and therefore we have to destroy it because it's oppressing people. We have to form a... And these massacres are all part of our resistance and a fight for self-determination. 
all of this is completely detached from the reality of how Israel was created, let alone the reality of colonial settlerism, as it were. America is a colonial settler state. Of course, they hate America. Uh, and the colonists, everybody is either descended from a colonist or a settler. The settler themselves uh, created the most progressive, most egalitarian, most inclusive, most tolerant society and the greatest engine of prosperity in the history of the world. So if you are thinking of the facts, you would know that it's a good thing to be a colonial settler in some circumstances and in some places. It depends on what you do with it. Uh, Also, Israel doesn't occupy... As, and that's one of their cries, free Palestine and the Israeli occupation. There's not a square inch of territory that's, is, that's part of Israel that was taken from an Arab, let alone a Palestinian. Palestinians didn't even exist in 19. All right, hold on there. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break and... The book is The Radical Mind by the inimitable David Horowitz. Hi, everybody. Speaking to the dean of predictors of what's happening in America. He grew up in a communist, literally in a communist home. And because he thinks morally, he rejected communism. And his, uh, he understands the title of his book, The Radical Mind, brand new David Horowitz book, up at DennisPrager.com, The Destruction Plans of the Woke Left. So, David, we're kindred spirits on this matter, and people ask me all the time, so what is the end game of the left? We're not talking liberals. We're talking what, well, what you're talking about, the radical mind. And, me, and so, so me, before before you say anything, I just want to say, I. It's a very powerful question, and I. So part of my answer is power. The, certainly, the elites want power, but it. I actually say that they don't know what they want. They only know what they want to destroy. So, what what is your answer? That, that, that's correct. Let me say. I agree with you. Uh, I've written one, actually two books. One hasn't been published yet. Um, About the basic fact of America is that its political system is based on Judeo-Christian principles and can't survive without them, Uh, which doesn't mean that everybody has to believe in God uh, or everybody has to believe, but but you have to have the humility that goes with the religious faith. Otherwise, you think that people who have made the world the mess that it is, if you give them enough power, they can fix it. And you 
just in that formulation, you can see how lunatic the left's vision is. The left is a crypto religion. It's based based on, on, on more on Christian, the Christian idea of a redemption that um, the world is a corrupt is corrupted and uh, evil is everywhere, um, but it can be redeemed. The difference between the leftist crypto religion and an actual religion is that the left doesn't believe in a divinity. It believes that the same human beings who ruin the world will make it uh, a holy a holy place. And the answer is they have no end game. The end game, they, when I, I, you know, I spent many years on the left, my parents were communists. And uh, leftists never think about how to create a working society given the facts, the basic facts about human beings their flaws, for example. The left only thinks about how to destroy what exists. And it has this fantasy that it can make a world in which everybody is equal, there's no racism, sexism, poverty, war, and so forth. But it's empty. You can't find the leftist blueprint for such a society. And it's partly because the left has no interest in human psychology. I've often said that the book of Genesis, was actually the beginning of the book of Genesis, the story of the garden, is the wisest insight into what's happened to us. Because Adam and Eve had the paradise that the left pretends was better than any paradise the left claims to be supporting people uh, uh, with no pain in childbirth. You live forever. Uh, Fruit fell from the trees. You didn't have to work. Uh, But there was one condition for staying in paradise, and that was not to want to do evil, not to eat of the tree uh, of the fruit of evil. And that's the one thing that they wanted to do. And how were they seduced into doing it? Uh, the serpent told Adam, if you eat of that tree, you will be as God. And inside every leftist is a God wannabe. I want to be president of creation. I want to, I want to make my mark on the creation. That gives my life meaning. These are very, very dangerous people, as you can see by their embrace. Look, what Hamas, and it's it's really the so-called Palestinians, because where where's the where's the Islamic leader who's condemned the massacre? Uh, there there is none. Uh, these people are worse than the Nazis because Hitler made the final solution, which was the extermination of the Jews. It was a secret program. He kept it from the German people 
because he believed, and with good reason, that the Germans were too civilized to accept such a such a plan. The Arabs shouted from the rooftops. They're proud of being not just Jew haters, but Jew killers, and they and they're. Their their only defense of their actions is to project onto others their sins. So the answer yeah, well, is there, yeah. there, 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 even power is only a means to achieve an end that's ridiculous and impossible and has taken the lives of hundreds of billions of people in the last hundred and odd years in Russia and China and Vietnam and elsewhere. And there's nothing, you know, there are a billion and a half Muslims. And according to most surveys, between three and 500 million of them are supporters of the jihad of Osama bin Laden and the destruction of the Jews, and, and and of course the Christians, and Americans, and anybody who isn't a, uh, an adherent of their religion, and they get rewarded if you kill a Jew or you kill an American, uh, or get killed killing killing Jews or Americans, for example. You get to go to heaven and get 72 virgins, and 25 of your family members get a, a, a pass into heaven as mm-hmm. well. So there All are right, we're going to hold, hold on there. I want to promote your book. Hold on. Okay. It's uh, The Radical Mind, The Destruction, The Destructive Plans of the Woke Left. Nobody knows them like he does. I think I'm in second place, but he's in first place. (laughs) We'll be back. Final segment with a great man, David Horowitz, and a major book on the radical mind, which is up at uh, DennisPrager.com. He understands this. He grew up with it. I'm going to ask you a question probably never asked you. And in fact, I hadn't thought of it until just now. And it's not fully answerable, obviously. Your, your parents are no longer with us. How would your parents react to today's left? Oh, I think they, they'd be part of it. Um, you know, my father, my father was, you know, I love my father, but he was a weak man. And but the party membership and the, the party treated him horribly, um, and he, he eventually left it, but not not its principles. But during the thirties, he was a Jew who went around the country for the party, attacking American militarism. <laughs> um, it, it really twists your mind, and it's because you're thinking in a framework. Let me give you another example. Uh, uh, the left has this hierarchy of oppression. 
wherever if you're a white male you oppress everybody um if you're a female you're oppressed by white males or by males generally uh if you're a black female you're oppressed because you're black because you're female uh and it goes down this totem pole until at the bottom are like black lesbians because they're oppressed because they're powerless because they're lesbians because they're blacks because they're women you just have to think of that outside their box for a moment to see how absurd it is this is what I call academic hot air was developed in Colombia and believe it or not our government has spent millions over a hundred million dollars in researching research on uh, this totem pole vision, which they call intersectionality. But think, think of Black Lives Matter. Here, three black lesbians raised $100 million towards 220 American cities Took the money. I mean, these are people who have the criminal mentality of people who steal from the um, the gift baskets at churches and synagogues. Um, uh, they, they, you know, they were endorsed by the Democrat Party. The vice president raised money for them. Um, how powerless is that? They had 40 million people supporting their destructive agendas. Uh, you know, and you could go on and on with with their with their power. Uh, so this it's just a lot of hokum, but it's persuasive for people who are lazy and don't want to think too much. And once you're invested in it. You know, it has, as I say, all that power to the individual from believing that you're, pre- you're present at and part of the creation of a new world, which has none of the problems that the the old world had. So it's a it's a very powerful ideology. But if you you know you keep your head on on straight, you can see right through it every time. You predicted violence earlier. And yeah, I asked because you people what, are violent. Yeah. They like it. I mean, you know, it's like, look at the attitudes we have now. We don't, we don't have no criminal laws. The, the, these giant corporations like Macy's have policies where if you come in and steal, uh, that's okay with them. Uh, you know, eventually they'll have to close the bases. But their, their official policy is to let 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 these thieves get away with it. Um, it's it's just such a a powerful idea, and and it brings out all the worst in human beings, like beheading babies. Of course, the command to behead infidels is straight out of the Koran. 
Uh, it's part of the religion. Uh, but the, the will, I mean, people get violent at football games. They get violent. It's, it's just, it's in the nature of things. And you ask, you know, what really drives the left? This was my revelation, and it was thanks to my late writing partner, Peter Collier, because uh, I was very idealistic when I was a leftist, which is probably why I got out when I saw how evil the left was. Um, but the, the left is driven by hate. It's not That's right. That's right. That's exactly it's, right. It's, Listen, we got it. We got a break. I got to. I got to thank you for this for your life's work. You're a, you're a giant. The book is the Radical Mind. You want to understand it? It's it's the book to read right now. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free, every single day become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.